This week's Jeep Talk Show is brought to you by ExtremeTerrain.com, your Jeep parts authority for all things YJ, TJ, JK, and 2018 JL Wrangler related. Extreme Terrain is a leader in providing accurate information and top-notch customer service for the hottest aftermarket Wrangler parts around. Visit ExtremeTerrain.com today and ready your rig for the upcoming season with all the hottest Wrangler parts and accessories. Stay tuned to this episode of the Jeep Talk Show for the latest drivetrain and engine review from their 2018 JL Wrangler video review series available on ExtremeTerrain.com or through the link that's on today's show notes at JeepTalkShow.com. Episode 320, February 15th, 2018. You're listening to a 4x4 Radio Network Podcast. Are you ready? It's the G-Talk Show with G-Mama, Josh, and Tony. So sit back, strap in, and brace yourself. Tony, did you know that we had a birthday yesterday? Uh, I swear the show's birthday is until March. Tammy, do you know what Josh is talking about? Tony, I think he's referring to John Prerunner, 1982. Um, I think he had his seventh, 31st birthday this week, <laughs> uh, something like that. Happy birthday, John, and thanks so much for all the Radiocom tech segments over the years. Well, it may not be his birthday, but Gary from the Northwest Jeepcast is celebrating his first interview with the Jeep Talk Show. Something tells me he's not lighting candles or blowing up balloons, though. <laughs> well, I'm glad to have a birthday here with you guys, so thank you. Yay. I'm born. Yes. What you guys don't know is I'm still wearing my birthday suit. Oh. <laughs> don't, don't get it wrinkled, man. <laughs> Already Local Jeep News, National Jeep News, and news from around the world. It's This Week in Jeep. And This Week in Jeep is brought to you by Amazon.com. Have you always wished you could help support the show somehow, some way? Well, the next time you think of shopping online, be sure to think of Amazon.com and the Jeep Talk Show first. Go to our site, JeepTalkShow.com, click on the big Amazon button there, and anything you buy will help support the Jeep Talk Show. Thanks in advance. Uh, Mission Control, we have a problem. To all the Uconnect users out there, Chrysler, Jeep, and Ram parent company FCA recently sent out an over-the-air update for its popular and ubiquitous Uconnect infotainment system. And as you may or may not be aware, things did not quite go as planned. The update is reportedly causing glitches ranging from Sirius XM not working to rendering the climate controls completely inaccessible. Some, uners, uh, some owners are complaining about endless boot loop. Essentially, the system is uh, keeps restarting every 30 to 60 seconds. Oh, and then there's the loss of the backup camera, since that's displayed on the Uconnect screen as well. Now, the problem doesn't seem to be affecting all vehicles, and I myself was unable to replicate the problem on a coworker's system earlier this week. Now, currently, it's not clear at this time exactly which Chrysler, Jeep, and Dodge vehicles are experiencing the problem. This is so new, in fact, that FCA has been unable to generate an official list. But initial, initial reports seem to point towards this being limited to the 2017 and 2018 model year cars, trucks, vans, and SUVs. FCA appears to be narrowing down the issue, responding via a tweet this week that, quote, we have identified the concern is related to Sirius XM Travelink services. In the next 48 hours, we'll temporarily suspend the Travelink feature in order to cease the reboot. So you won't be able to check your fuel prices or movie listings until the issue is fully resolved, but hey, at least your backup camera will be functional and you can 
turn the heat on and off. And if you have any questions about this, you're encouraged to contact your local dealer. Man, that's got to be a bad thing. Can you imagine the, the, the programmer or programming group or the quality control people that didn't test that software update sufficiently that was causing this reboot? Uh, that's that a they, big thing. Yeah, you would think that there would be a lot of checks and balances that go into something like that before it's released. And, and I mean, these are, you know, force uploads for the most part. So a lot of people are, you know, getting into their Jeep and are like, well, why isn't things working here? This is kind of messed up. So, yeah, this, chances are it's going to in, end up being resolved. They're going to put up a oh, new update, so. a patch, a fix. Something will be out there here relatively soon. If you're concerned about it, um, Go ahead and just contact your local dealer. I'm sure they'll have more information for Some, you. Somebody is currently programming with their testicles being hung from the ceiling uh, to try to motivate them to get this thing fixed quickly. I oh, guarantee call that overtime. you. <laughs> <laughs> well, we're just going to call this a case of rectal cranial insertion disorder. Ooh. It was right there at the bottom of the screen for all to read. Sure, it may have been the typical fine print, but it was there nonetheless, and it was legible. The disclaimer simply read... This oh, yeah. video was filmed on a man-made lake and man-made waterfall. The video was filmed on private land in the southwest, and the water does not flow to another natural body of water. The waterfall was also man-made for the purpose of filming. Paints a pretty clear picture, doesn't it? Well, not so much to a one Mr. Chris Wood, who is the CEO of Trout Unlimited, a nonprofit organization dedicated to the conservation of aquatic habitats. Now, apparently, Chris's panties are in such a tightly wadded bunch <laughs> that it has affected his ability to, ability to read plain English. Now, Chris Wood has taken it upon himself to ignore the facts and has lashed out at Jeep and Parrot Company FCA. In a sternly worded letter to FCA Sir CEO Sergio Marchione, Wood tries to lecture Sergio on the proper practices of owning a Jeep and even claims he once owned a CJ7 in Vermont. Well, isn't that certainly just make him an expert now, doesn't it? Woods was interviewed by the Reno Gazette Journal where he said, Jeep just drove right up the middle of the stream. They effectively <laughs> reamed the stream and glorified it. It's about the worst thing you could do to a stream. Well, that is unless the stream was man-made and purposely built precisely and exclusively for the sake of filming this very commercial. I guess somebody didn't get the memo. That's okay, Mr. Chris Wood. I'm sure nobody is faulting you or judging you for not letting the facts get in the way of your little temper tantrum over the non-harming of your precious imaginary stream-dwelling fish children. Good I'm lord, know. people. Good <laughs> he, lord. He did specify, just a little in his defense, um, that this sets a bad example that you know, yeah, you, you should not use your Jeep right. to enjoy yourself. Does anybody know where but, this planet came from? Does anybody know what ha is going to happen to this planet in about five billion years? Look, enjoy look, guys, your it, time. It comes down to the bottom line is nothing is nothing is safe anymore. Everything is fair game, and you can say <sighs> right. whatever you want about whatever you want. Like that's just right. the world we live in now. Thank you, yeah. politically correct, no hate uh, <laughs> environment. <laughs> right. Uh, and just so you guys are all aware, at the end of this podcast, everybody's getting a blue ribbon. And there'll be a hug. <laughs> <Yes>. <laughs> well, attention, everybody. There is a recall notice active right now. Fiat Chrysler Automobiles is recalling nearly 40,000 Jeep Wrangler SUVs and Dodge Grand Caravan minivans because of a faulty brake switch. The defect makes it possible to shift the vehicles out of park without depressing the brake pedal, and the brake lights can also get stuck on. This is all according to the National Highway Traffic Safety Administration. Now, the NHTSA says the conditions can increase the risk of a crash, although FCA has, is not aware of any injuries or crashes related to this problem uh, to date. An FCA spokesman added that the automaker is unaware of any instances of the shifter inadvertently moving out of park either. 
Now, the affected vehicles include certain 2017 Dodge Grand Caravans and 2017 Jeep Wrangler SUVs built between August 7th and September 20th, 2017. To verify if your vehicle is connected or is, is affected, rather, you can go to the NHTSA website and enter in your VIN number to find out. And we're going to have that link for you in the show notes for this episode at JeepTalkShow.com. Now, dealers are fixing the issue by free by replacing the faulty switch. So it's really just, you know, a few minutes out of your time, head out to the dealership and maybe take care of it in a lunch break. So when you say faulty brake switch, you mean the brake lights? No, I mean the brake switch, because as you press that pedal down, there has to be something there that lets you know, well, lets the lights know when to come on. That's what I'm saying. There's the brake lights don't come on properly. So it's just kind of a surprise for the person behind you. But this, it's more than just an electric, electric switch. It's also a mechanical switch that lets you, oh, you know, no. basically shift it out of park. Remember, you can't just oh, take an true. automatic vehicle and just shift it out of park without depressing that brake pedal. Now, in this, the this little micro switch in there, that, that mechanical feature has either broken or is malfunctioning or is otherwise not doing its job. And at least in some cases, it is possible for the vehicle to come out of park. Now, they don't have any instances where this has actually happened. It's just kind of a concern that they have, so better safe than sorry, right? Yeah, yeah. Hey, you know, Josh, this reminds me, this is one of those ways I thought about immobilizing your vehicle to keep it from being stolen, is uh, putting a switch on the uh, the, the brake switch, you know, as long as you don't have a, a manual transmission. Which I do. <laughs> you well, do? in a Honda. In oh, Honda. yeah. Well, that's yeah. the one you got to worry about, right? That is the one I got to worry about. I'm thinking Jeep here. so many times, yeah. <laughs> Well, hey, big thanks to all of you guys out there who continue to help us out by submitting stories for This Week in Jeep. If you have a response to any one of our stories or a news tip that you think we should be reporting on, by all means, you got to let us know. Head over to jeeptalkshow.com slash contact. You're going to find out all the ways that you can get a hold of us and, well, get us those tips. And hey, guys, coming up here in just a little while, we're going to have Gary from the Northwest Jeepcast joining us well, for an official Jeep Talk Show interview. So I don't know if you guys uh, have noticed that extra disembodied uh, voice that you're hearing, but that's uh, that is Gary from the Northwest Jeepcast. He's uh, hanging here with us uh, during the show. Now, Gary, uh, I'm gonna ask you yeah, a question. Yeah, let me chime in. Yeah, uh, sure. Uh, let me ask you a question here. Now, have you have you heard our contributor segments before here on the show? And, and don't lie to me because I'll know. <laughs> uh, what's a contributor? No, uh, you know. I, I've, I do listen occasionally. Uh, you know, I, I used to listen a lot more. I had a little bit more time, you know, back in the day. It's a little bit less now, but, uh, I don't know. Do you consider like one of your contributors? Is that like that Nikki something segment? Nikki G yeah. would not that, be a contributor. Nikki G, is that, is that a contributor segment that you're talking about? <laughs> He's an infiltrator, no. not a contributor. No, yeah. uh, no. <laughs> we love our Nikki G. No, this yeah, was, no. uh, I'm sorry. No, go ahead. This is a uh, contributor, uh, Steve 4.3 LXJ, and uh, he's been giving us lots of great information. Most of the time, it's about some hardware-related issues. Uh, tonight, it's going to be about finding trails, especially hard here in Texas. To uh, to my surprise, everything has got a damn fence around it in Texas. So anyway, yep. here's, <laughs> here's Steve 4.3 LXJ finding Jeep trails. Hi, this is Steve 4.3 LXJ with another Jeep tip, and... We're going to start a new series that I think is kind of relevant, and I'm going to lay off of some of the technical information for a little bit and just talk about how in the heck do you find a place to wheel anyway. Uh, it's getting increasingly harder to find good places to wheel as civilization encroaches upon all the good land. So it's uh, important to me anyway as a wheeler 
to know how to find some place that I can go and and exercise my vehicle. So we're going to start small like we did with airing up, and we're going to get uh, more complex as we go. The first thing you can do is just get on the internet and type in find 4x4 trails, and you can get dozens of sites to pop up. But the problem with these sites is, is that even though some of them are good, some of them are are so-so, none of them are complete. For instance, um, there's one called 4x4 Trail Maps, and I actually found a trail off of that not too far from me that I went on. But it's not complete by any means. In fact, it's rather incomplete. Uh, there are books you can buy state by state. Um, I've looked at them. Again, it kind of gives you a sampling, not complete. <laughs> and Morris 4x4 Center, which uh, some of you should recognize that name. Uh, lots of good Jeep parts there. But their trail site is not complete. They've got the Rubicon uh, trail listed there in its own listing. But all of the trails around it that are on the Tahoe National Forest, such as the Hellhole uh, Chipmunk, Chipmunk Ridge Jeep Trail, I'll spit that out, and uh, uh, Barrett Lake, they don't have those either. In fact, they don't really have the whole Tahoe National Forest, which is very, very 4x4 friendly as far as their multiple use. So uh, you can go to a one called All Trails, which is pretty good, um, but they're missing a few too. So what are you going to do? You know, you can look at all of them, and uh, I'm going to say that if you look at a dozen of them, you're probably not going to find the Mossy Creek Trail, which is very close to the uh, Fordyce Creek Trail. You're probably not going to find the Grouse Ridge Trail. And you're probably not going to find the trail into the south side of French Lake, all of which are good trails. So what we're going to do is we're going to start with looking at maps, learn how to read them, and learn how to use them to find places to go. And this is just one of those skills that you have to master if you want to find a, a great place to take your Jeep, because... Uh, there's really nothing that quite covers it all like just doing some good homework. So until next time, we'll see you on the trail and we'll dig in. See you on the trail if you can find it. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> no, I was surprised he didn't mention there, there's one resource. Uh, there's some local buddies of mine that uh, contribute to this uh, for the Washington area, but it is nationwide and that's trailsoffroad.com. Uh, they have quite a few. I mean, I think... You know, your contributor was absolutely right that there's probably no single resource that has every trail, uh, especially because there's, you know, we all know about some of our trails that we just like to keep secret and not put on any site. <laughs> yeah. Um, but uh, so no, nothing is going to have everything. Uh, but Trails Off-Road does a pretty good job of, of a nationwide resource. Um, and, uh, you know, even in Texas, I'm looking at and it looks like they have about a dozen trails listed in Texas. And, uh you know, I know, I know for, you know, uh, Oregon and, and Washington, they have a bunch and East coast are all listed here. There's a, a bunch of States covered here as well. So, uh, there's quite a big selection here at trailsoffroad.com. Excellent. Uh, great information. We'll be sure to include that in our, uh, our show notes as well. 
Um, so uh, I don't know about you guys. Tammy, how did you find out where to go wheeling uh, whenever you uh, first decided to go someplace with a top off? Um, well, I knew that you there's no legal wheeling places in Maryland. Um, so the, the dad who got me um, hooked on Jeeps, he found um, Roush Creek because it had um, the classes to learn how to, you know, drive off road. Mm-hmm. So that's how I found that. And then just starting to get to know other Jeepers and word of mouth. So that's pretty much how I is word of mouth. Uh, different question. So considering how uh, Jeep has changed your life so dramatically, do you send this guy a Christmas card every year? Oh yeah, we're still we're we're friends. <laughs> him him and his his wife and I are are pretty good friends, and um, we do road races and stuff together. Now, Tammy, have you heard of the Frederick Watershed? Apparently, that's in Frederick, Maryland. Yeah, that's uh, apparently on private property. Oh, what I really? Understand. Oh, wow. That's yeah, that's what I understand. Because actually, one of the police officers that I wheeled with, mm-hmm. um, he mentioned that, but I'm told that it's private property but i don't know for sure you need to get invited well i i thought we were all gonna go but i guess they got busy doing their police work so ah those damn police guys yeah (laughs) but i i don't know that for sure but i know um there's you know you have to um know someone who has land that will let you on here in, in maryland you're listening to a 4x4 Radio Network podcast. The Jeep Talk Show is a proud member of the 4x4 Radio Network. Just visit 4x4radionetwork.com and learn more about the 4x4 podcast, Center Steer podcast, and Trail Chasers podcast. Shut up and listen. Shut up. So shut up. You don't shut Man, up. Shut up, Shane. Hey. <laughs> shut up and listen. It's time for Wrangler talk. It's time for G-Mama. Tammy, I'm going to jump in here real quick. Uh, just the other day, I was doing some maintenance on all of our episodes, getting it ready for uh, uh, some upcoming Amazon stuff. And I noticed way back, several years ago, one of your first um, uh, doodads, things that you did for the Jeep talk show, uh, it may have been the XJ talk show at that time, uh, it was uh, a top five. Interesting. That's my thing, I guess. Yeah. So tonight, yeah, I'm going to continue on with my top five must-have series. You can also catch these on my blog at JeepMama.com and uh, my YouTube channel. Um, This time, it's all about the tools to take on the trails. Now, these are tools like wrenches and screwdrivers, things that you would put in your toolbox. Um, and I decided to reach out to my fellow Jeepers because, you know, I don't have a whole lot of experience with breakage on the trails. And my <laughs> one incident of breakage was with my steering stabilizer. I banged into a rock. And what happened is this pushed up my bracket, my steering stabilizer bracket, which messed up my steering. And if you listen to my YouTube um, video on this, at Jeep Mama's Garage, you can hear me freaking out on the trails going, oh my God, I can't steer, I can't steer. And you can just hear the panic in my voice. But actually, this is such an easy fix and you don't need your steering stabilizer actually to drive, which I didn't know, but I found out. And so once we got to a part of the trail where we could fix my Jeep, this only required two tools to fix this bracket and it was an 18 millimeter wrench and my rubber mallet. And 
I found out that you cannot buy, or the 18 millimeter wrench does not come in a regular wrench set. You need to buy that separately. And this 18 millimeter wrench is what works with the stock JKU steering stabilizer bracket. You need that one for that. And so those were two tools that you needed to fix your steering stabilizer bracket if you hit it with a rock and you twist it up um, so you can get it off and twist it back to the position it needs to be in. So what I decided to do, since I didn't have a whole lot of experience because I didn't want it to be the top two tools you need, (laughs) so I reached out to my fellow Jeepers and I asked them, what are your top five tools to take with you when you go out on the trails? And so I... Um, you know, did a little, you know, spreadsheet and I came up with actually 10 Mm -hmm. tools to take because there's just so many different. So these are the top 10 in order and I'm going to start with number one and everybody said BFH. And in case you, I didn't know what a BFH was when I first got into jeeping, (laughs) but it's a big effing and I'm not going to say the F word on the podcast. It's a big hammer. Number two was the adjustable wrench. Number three is a big screwdriver or a pry bar, something that you could use like a pry bar. Number four was a socket set with ratchet. Number five was your vice grip pliers. And then number six is a screwdriver that you would use as a screwdriver with the bits. Number seven, zip ties. I'm sure you could get all different kinds of size zip ties. And actually where I work... I saw the biggest zip tie I've ever seen in my life and it's sitting on my desk and I meant to bring it because I wanted to show everybody because it's, <laughs> I actually confiscated it. So I'm going to put it in my Jeep. It was probably a $5 zip tie too. I know. Um, number eight is duct tape. Um, I have gorilla tape, which I feel gorilla tape is a lot um, stickier, sturdier. Um, number nine was a bottle jack. Number 10 was a flashlight. And then I just have some honorable mention items I wanted to that kind of got one or two votes. Um, These are some other tools that maybe you might want to throw into your um, toolbox. And self-igniting propane torch, a breaker bar, knife, wire, welder, saw, Jeep Mama. I'm like, oh, someone wants to take Jeep Mama. A ballpoint press, a St. Christopher medal, (laughs) bubble gum, and a Bible. So... Folks, next time you head out on the trails, get yourself a toolbox and start filling it up with these tools. Now, this list is going to give you a good start and you're going to build upon this. But like I said, my top fives are to give you a good start because we're all so overwhelmed with all the stuff out there that we need to take and bring and buy. So all these top fives are just a good start. And next week, I'm going to share with you the top five liquids you should take on the trails with you. Now, I'm going to clarify. These are liquids (laughs) that you would put in your Jeep, not liquids you would drink. Not in the driver, in the Jeep. Yes. (laughs) I was going to guess at least four or five of those were alcoholic. Right. (laughs) But those would be for after you Jeep. Uh, And after you're not driving, yeah. 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 Now, so, I'm kind uh, of crazy when it comes to tools. I'm way overkill on it because I'm just paranoid that I won't have the right tool. Uh, so I carry way too many tools. As a matter of fact, I've even I've had to scale down the number of tools because my initial boxes were just getting too much, and I scaled down to a big, giant bag. But, uh, yeah, having some tools is great. Uh, 
And it's great when you have to use your tools to help your buddies out. Yes, yeah, you exactly. can hold it over their head later. So, Tammy, I had to mention uh, mention this because uh, I want to do a shout out uh, to the SpaceX team. I don't know if you guys uh, were keeping up with all the SpaceX uh, stuff. They, oh, yeah. They, oh, yeah. They, Absolutely. The heavy launch vehicle that, that went just almost Falcon 100%, 9, baby. Yeah, yeah. Almost 100% uh, perfect. Anyway, they have a, a new rocket, a new, uh, uh, not capsule, uh, I guess it would no, be. No, it is a rocket. The I BFR. guess they would call it a rocket, yeah. And, uh, and as Josh just said, it's a BFR. So if you if you know what a BFH is, a big freaking hammer, you know what a BFR is, a big freaking mm-hmm. rocket. <laughs> it is too. Those those guys are just so cool. I mean, uh, how many countries has uh, put a car in orbit now? So there you go. Well, folks, coming up later in the show, you don't want to miss it. Nikki G's at it again. We always love ourselves some Nikki G, and uh, another thing we love all the time is a review from you guys. We always love it when we get a little comment from you guys, and you, and you give us a review. And Well, you can do that any number of places, pretty much anywhere where you can find us. Stitcher, iTunes, uh, YouTube, Facebook even, you can leave us a review on, and you could even write into the show. And of course, if you want to find out how you can do any of that, just head over to jeeptalkshow.com slash contact, and all the links are right there. And we had Mark Fish. He wrote into the show, and he says, hey, I'm a new listener. And this show is great. I'm going to be checking out Treadright when I'm up for new tires. I wish I knew about them before I bought my, uh, bought my KM2s a year and a half ago. Awesome show. Can't wait to hear the next episode. Thanks for listening, Mark Fish. Really appreciate it. I can't tell you how much we appreciate you guys giving us reviews and just really contacting us in any way. Uh, and if you do want to contact us, just go over to jeeptalkshow.com slash contact. And there is a myriad of ways that you can find to contact us. And I'll say this. We love our listeners. <laughs> Come on now. <laughs> you, you know that's my line. You know I started saying that. <laughs> it's the battle of the podcasts. <laughs> you got tech questions? Oh, what do I ever? We have answers. Oh, that's good. I can, I, it's Tech Talk with Jeep Talk. We're going to talk a little bit about the future of Tech Talk, in fact. Now, I'm still working on a whole new batch of Tech Talk segments for the coming weeks, and it's been great help. It's been a great help having you guys send us in topics and ideas and suggestions and whatnot. Now, to give you a heads up on some of the things that we're going to be covering in the coming weeks, I thought I'd throw a few teasers your way. In the very near future, we're going to be going over some of the things that you need to take into consideration when shopping for components to upgrade your audio system. We're going to be talking Jeep-specific security, too. No sense in letting all that new gear go to a thief in the night. We'll be talking transmission coolers, what they do, and how they benefit you on and off the road. We'll also be talking about fuel economy tips and tips and tricks and whether or not a propane conversion is something you want to put on your radar. We're going to get into some cheap and effective axle upgrades that just about anybody can do as well and even talk a little bit about some general maintenance. I know, I know, seems a little elementary, but sometimes revisiting the basics and getting a better understanding of the fundamentals can go a long way, especially to those who may be new to the Jeep family. In the meantime, and in between time, if you would like to add my to my ever-growing research and segment list, well, just jump over to jeeptalkshow.com slash contact and send us a message. You know, I think this stuff is, is really important. It's not so much elementary and revisiting to people that haven't heard it before and are, are like you said, new to the Jeeping world or any off-road uh, situation. So, I think it's critical that we we have this information, and we probably need to repeat things quite often, uh, so people they won't know that they can go over to JeepTalkShow dot com and do a search. And if we repeat it, they won't have to go. Oh, gee, what episode was that on? I I just don't know where I can find that information. So this will make it a lot easier. 
You're listening to Jeep Talk Show, the number one Jeep podcast. At my mom's house. <laughs> the newest generation of Wrangler is finally here. Have you been able to spot one yet? Tony, Josh? I have not seen one. Not yet. I've uh, seen I, one. At $47,000, I probably won't. <laughs> Gary's seen one. I oh, saw yeah. the first ever one in the plant, but where'd you see yours, Gary? I saw mine out at uh, King of the Hammers. There were several of them, oh, as well as seeing them on yeah. the trail. Man, they're already out there hitting the trail and getting built That's up. Awesome. Well, Extreme Terrain was one of the among the first to get their hands on the new 2018 JL Wrangler, and they have been hard at work at their latest YouTube review series. Their latest addition to this series is their in-depth engine and drivetrain review video, which shines light on many of the questions out there, such as availability, specifications, and special features. Extreme Terrain brand ambassador Ryan Huck takes you through each configuration one by one with his expert explanation and detailed analysis. Nobody does it quite like these guys. We're sure everyone here is familiar with the Pentastar V6, but in Extreme Terrain's latest video, you hear all about the advancements made to give it a little more efficiency this time around. Speaking of efficiency, did someone say mild hybrid? To some Jeepers, this may sound like straight-up blasphemy, but coming soon to the JL lineup will be the 2-liter turbo four-cylinder equipped with a Belt Star generator to assist the petroleum-powered combustion unit. If you think that's extreme, how about a 3-liter eco-diesel? Not enough for you? Well, the plug-in hybrid JL should take the cake. Which one do you think will have more power? Tune in to find out. Visit ExtremeTerrain.com today to watch this latest episode or click the link in the show notes for this episode at JeepTalkShow.com. You know, I watched that uh, that video with uh, with Ryan, and uh, I was really excited about the the eco diesel. That was just amazing. I, I can't, you know, don't quote me on this. We watched the video, but it was something like four hundred and eighty five foot pounds of torque. Yeah, it's got four hundred oh. mid four hundreds in the in the in the torque range, which is just astonishing for a vehicle. Uh, you know, with that that kind of weight and power. Yeah, it's just just amazing. It was very interesting. I you know I wonder uh, if they they had thought about uh, Ryan's uh, segments there on the YouTube, uh, calling it uh, "What the Huck" with uh, Ryan. <laughs> you get it? Oh my! What the Huck? Yes. Yeah, we get it. <laughs> it's like a joke. I know. <laughs> it's like it's like a joke. <laughs> like a but joke. It's not. It's, it's right. joke adjacent. I mean, it's right there next to joke. Joke adjacent. Look it up in the dictionary. It'll be right there. Right as you're going to sleep, you're going to get the joke and you're going to laugh uncontrollably. You'll be up for another 45 minutes. I guarantee. <laughs> All right. So another guarantee is a uh, interview with uh, Gary from Northwest Jeepcast. Uh, Gary, are you up for this? You've been talking. I'm really looking forward night. to this interview. I want to hear what I have to say. <laughs> It's 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 gonna be good, and uh, we're gonna find out which Gary you are because there's oh, two I Garys. It's gonna be good. Yeah, no <laughs> doubt. <laughs> there's, there's two Garys on this podcast. I mean, there was like no planning going on. It's like our show. <laughs> Look, Garys are like a box of chocolate. You never know what you're gonna get. <laughs> there you go. <laughs> All right. Well, let's get over to this interview and uh, you know get you a nice big glass of water, Gary, so you can uh, you can talk to us during this interview and uh, not choke up. <laughs> From around the world, or from your city, 
and sometimes just down the street. Howdy, neighbor. It's the Jeep Talk Show interview. Well, we're talking to Gary, uh, one of the two Garys over at the Northwest Jeepcast tonight. Uh, Gary, thank you a lot for, uh, for being a guest here on the show. Hey, glad to be here. Thanks a lot. So just curious, uh, yeah. surely, surely somebody has made uh, some sort of comment, some sort of reference to the similarity between uh, you guys, your names, and uh, the Newhart Show. Yeah, we get a we get a little. I have heard that reference. It's not completely out of left field. Uh, you know, me and my partner, his name is also Gary, and we get all kinds of comments typically around. You know, is it the Garys? Is it the Gary? Is it the Garyum? Uh, <laughs> oh we get all gosh. kinds of made up words about like the, how to reference two people like, named Gary. But I, like I have the heard Gary. this terrible thing. What, yeah, the, what, the, uh, <laughs> uh, but you know, it's a little bit before my time. So uh, tell me a little bit more about it. Uh, it was really funny. Uh, now, I, I always liked the Bob Newhart show better than Newhart, but Newhart had uh, had some of its uh, uh, nuances that, that were, were a lot really funny. And if you've never heard it before, uh, here's the a uh, little bit of the Daryl and Daryl. This is my brother Daryl. That's my other brother Daryl. So I'd like to hear on one of your upcoming episodes, hey, this is right. my brother Gary, and this is my other brother Gary, <laughs> which, <laughs> which makes no sense. That, but <laughs> That would be clever. So uh, I'm just curious, when you guys are going back and forth, uh, being that there's two Garys, do you ever get confused who's who? <laughs> well, I think I think my partner gets confused uh, which Gary he is sometimes, but uh, no, I'm kidding. Uh, you know, we're, we're looking at each other, so I think we have a pretty good sense of uh, who's who. Um, and so, uh, no, I wouldn't say that there's a whole lot of confusion there. But we've, we've had a lot of fun uh, doing our podcast. We're... We're at like 94 episodes now, so we're coming up on our 100th episode. Oh, wow. Uh, we're going to be doing a big 100th awesome. episode special, giving away uh, three $100 gift certificates to uh, one of our good friends up here at Northridge4x4.com. Uh, they're, uh, they're a great friend of ours, uh, local nearby up here. So uh, we got a lot of contests planned for our big 100th episode. I gave away a winch once. You know what they did with the winch? Uh-oh. They sold it. Oh dear! Shame. <laughs> Should have given him a gift card. Damn it! <laughs> I can't believe that. What's I know the, the person who won it had no use for a winch. I think he <laughs> needed the money. I think is what it was. But it just irritates me because you know you give away a winch, a winch, and yeah. you're going to hear about this for years and see pictures and stuff of this guy using this this you know beautiful winch that you got him. And nope, he sold it. <laughs> yeah, yeah, no kidding. So Gary, for yeah. those who who don't know what is your podcast all about or your jeep cast yeah so it's called the northwest jeep <laughs> cast. um you know we're we focus so i don't know i mean i mean there's obviously other off-roading podcasts out there and when i started you know thinking about doing this obviously looked around and found found the jeep talk show of course you guys have been around for so long and thanks so much for blazing the uh off-roading podcast trail out there um, and, uh, it's very impressive how long you guys have been doing it. So, so thank you for, <laughs> for doing that. Uh, and there are a few others out there and I just thought, you know, that, you know, between me and my buddy Gary, that we had a slightly different angle to offer. Uh, and so, you know, we're out there, we're, we're running our Jeeps basically every weekend. Um, and if, if we're not wheeling it, we're back in the shop, fixing it. <laughs> and if we're not fixing it or wheeling it, we're probably adding something to it, you know, in some upgrades or something. And, so it's just, we just uh, felt that we've been through a bunch of pain ourselves in what parts did we add on, which ones were worthwhile, which ones weren't. Uh, and we thought, you know what, how can we help others 
uh, not spend their money twice. That's kind of one of the things that we talk about a lot is uh, how to save somebody from buying the wrong thing and then they're just going to have to spend their money again to buy the right thing later. Um, right. And, uh, and so we thought, you know, we've been through a bunch and we have a bunch of friends up here in the Northwest. It's a very active off-roading community up here. And we've just kind of learned from all that and felt what better way to give back than to kind of put our voices out there and put, put what we've learned out on the internet. So with all the pain and stuff that you're, you're sharing, this would basically be like a group therapy podcast. Sometimes it is. Sometimes, <laughs> you know, I'm, I'm just moaning and groaning about, you know, why did I waste this money on this thing? And uh, when I really should have just bought this instead, um, you know, so, so we, we've learned, we've learned a lot of lessons and we're just really happy to share that with folks. So let me ask you this. Have you done the, uh, stereotypical, uh, let me spend, uh, uh, 2,500 to $10,000 on an axle yet? Uh, we've both bought axles <laughs> and, uh, the only thing that I wish I would have done, uh, before buying an axle is bought it sooner before I broke my previous one. Oh yeah. Uh, so, so, you know, that, that's, that's another learning lesson, right? Like if you want to save money, you know, if you're going to go wheel big and you're getting on the edge of doing things that are on the outside of what that axle is built for, upgrade it before you break it because now you have something that you can reasonably sell to somebody else. Um, and you can then defer the cost of the new axle that you've bought. Uh, you know, my, my partner, he's, he's going through right now. He has a Dynatrack Pro Rock 44 up front, just like I do, but he's running like big tires now. He's running, you know, 41 and a half inch Pitbull oh rockers. And that's kind yeah. of stretching the limits of that axle. And I've been telling him, you know, you might be needing to think about a 60. Yeah, Dana 60. And time. you should get into that 60 before you break your 44 because you can get some money out of that 44. Absolutely. Yeah. So uh, uh, I don't think we've gone over this uh, uh, here on the in the interview, maybe prior to the interview, but uh, what uh, what Jeep do you have? So we both have black JKUs. Woo! And it's <laughs> Tammy, we're right there. We're right there with you. Uh, and it's actually quite a funny story. You know, we, we have known each other for a long time, uh, like since our daughters were playing soccer when they were little girls. And, you know, here, you know, years later from that, they're both in high school. And I come home, you know, shortly after buying my Jeep and it's in the garage. And I see my Jeep out or I see, you know, another black JKU out in the street with my buddy's daughter in it. And I go, hey, Bridget, what are you doing in my Jeep? And, you know, she says super confusedly, uh, this is my dad's Jeep. And like, I literally didn't believe her. I had to go into my garage and like see that my Jeep was still there. And right. we had both bought a Jeep like a week apart from each other. So okay. they were oh literally brand new. Wow. They were literally identical. And, uh, and so it was, it was just funny. So it started right there. And, you know, I start talking to Gary and I'm like, you know, well, what's your build going to be like? What are you doing? And, he started off with, oh, I might do some modest stuff. Like, I might go up to 33-inch tires. I'm like, no, 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 no. I'm starting <laughs> right into 37s, right? I'm going to build this and build that. And, well, the arms race started right there. And uh, I, uh, I'm sad to admit he has won the arms race. He's he's oh, outbuilt no. my Jeep, and uh, and he has a lot of fun doing it. So so that had, you, to, that had to – you guys had to uh, come up with something about calling each other. It would be like wearing the same thing to work or, or, or school. You can't have the same mods on the two identical Jeeps. <laughs> well, uh, we mostly, yeah, we don't have identically built rigs, but see, Gary, Gary's the smarter of the two of us, and uh, he does great research, and when he would find, you know, hey, this is the pros and cons of this bumper over that bumper, and this is the pros and cons of this upgrade over that upgrade, 
I almost always followed in his footsteps because I'm like, okay, well, he already did the research and he knows what he's talking about, so I'll just copy him. Um, and so there's a lot of things that we that we did similarly in in the builds uh, and occasionally different. So did you guys were did you off road before you got your Jeep and other aspects or was this buying your Jeep and going off roading was this like your first whole experience in the whole Jeep off roading community? So as a young adult, Gary spent some time in uh, Salt Lake City, Utah. And he had a four-wheel drive pickup truck that he took out into you know, some of the desert areas over there uh, in Utah. There's a lot of off-roading uh, out in Utah, just fantastic stuff like, like at Moab. Right. I don't know, have, you, have any of you guys been to Moab yet? Oh, Tammy, yeah, I know you took a yeah. trip out there, but you didn't take your Jeep, right? No, yeah. Yeah, it doesn't really count. Oh, it, it does. Too, it doesn't count. <laughs> that, them's fighting words. Yeah, we love Moab. Man, we've taken our Jeeps out there, you know, either driven them all the way there and back here to Seattle area uh, or trailered them. And Moab is just fantastic. We love it so much. But anyway, back to the story. Um, so Gary did a little bit of off-roading in a pickup truck uh, back when he was a young adult. And then before I bought my Jeep, I had bought a Nissan Titan. Uh, and I built that thing up, put like a six-inch lift on it, put some really cool coilover shocks on it. Um, and, uh, you know, it was quite a capable rig, but I learned really quickly in the Northwest that a full size truck just doesn't cut it. Like the trails are just too narrow and I needed to get a smaller rig and, you know, I, I traded in the Titan for a, for a, uh, a Wrangler. There's a big, uh, a big trade up, I would guess, or a trade down, depending <laughs> if you're going on size or whatnot. So, well, in terms of capability, it's a trade up for sure. Uh, you know, in terms of comfort, I mean, the the funny thing is, modern pickup trucks drive much more like cars nowadays. Yeah, they do. And you know, Jeeps still drive like old pickup trucks. <laughs> well, I, now, I, Tony and I both used to have old pickup trucks, and I, I don't know if I can speak for Tony in this. I do. There's a part of me that misses my truck. They say, oh, you know, yeah. once a truck owner, always a truck owner. Is there part of you that, you know, it's like maybe I'm a little ashamed to admit this, but uh, yeah, I kind of miss the truck. I'm not ashamed to admit it. I uh, I do wish that I'd kept the uh, uh, the Titan uh, just just because, like, I've, I guess I've learned over time. I mean, like, I, I went through a lot a lot of cycle through a lot of cars of buy a car, trade it in, buy a car, trade it in, and just cycling through them. And so mm-hmm. many of them were just really cool vehicles that I wish I would have kept. Um, I don't know how I could have kept that many, but I wish I would have kept some of those cool <laughs> cool cars because uh, they would be really neat to have nowadays. Yeah, I've got a few in the in the list as well that are that are like that. But uh, yeah, so I want to get Tony had kind of touched on on you know kind of going from you know regular to you know Jeep and and all that sort of stuff. You know, what was the main reason for getting a Jeep? I know it kind of turned into a uh, you know battle of keeping up with the Joneses, as it were. But you know, what was the the first reason? Hey, let's go ahead and think about Jeep. You mean just the Jeep purchase, not not specifically the yeah, podcast? Right. Yeah. Well, I think I think it, I literally it comes back to you know I had exhausted my capabilities on the Titan and kind of what trails I could get into right it was just too large for these Northwest trails the trees are really tight up here and you cannot fit a full size truck through the trees uh, through the trails and the tight trees here so I realized that and I was like wow maybe I should have just bought a Jeep earlier and you know the JKs had been out a couple of years mine is a, a 2010. Um, and I love the long wheelbase. I love the idea of, you know, big enough to put the family in it and, uh, and start, you know, taking them camping more often. You know, I did a little bit of camping with them in the, in the Titan going out to, 
places where the truck could fit, like, you know, the dunes in Oregon, uh, you know, Coos Bay area and stuff like that. Uh, I think that's probably a little bit south of where you're at, Josh, right? Yeah, just about a uh, four and a half, five hour drive. But yeah, no, I've, I've actually had my Jeep down there on those dunes. So yeah. Yeah, the, dune, the dunes are a ton of fun. And uh, so, you know, I, I had done that, but I just wanted to get more technical, you know, with the Jeep uh, and get, get into more trails. I really, I honestly don't think I knew what world it was going to open up, right? I mean, like this, this Jeep lifestyle that has just become, you know, my alternate ego has, has, uh, has has you know taken over a you know a large part of my life and uh, and I love it. It's it's, I was gonna it's ask, a really was great it? hobby to have. Um, I've learned so much. I mean, when I started this, when I started with the Jeep, you know, I I almost couldn't even you know change my own oil, right? I mean, like I wasn't really I didn't really consider myself mechanically inclined, and you know I'm far from a mechanic. I I like to call myself a mechan hack. Um, oh. and, uh, you know, and I've grown, I've grown my, my prowess and, uh, you know, I, I call my, my garage, the McCann hack shack, and we'll bring a bunch of other buddies <laughs> Jeeps into my garage, into the shack and, you know, help them with their repairs and upgrades and, you know, whatever it is that we need to get done, you know, right now in my, in my garage, after coming back, I just spent a week at down at King of hammers and my gosh, it was so dusty down there. And, I brought the Jeep back and I've literally stripped it. I mean, like took taken the seats out, taken everything out uh, of the Jeep um, in order to just to get everything clean. I, I swear I took, you know, two whole shop vac cans of sand out Good of the Lord. inside of the Jeep. I mean, it was it was just a mess. Well, I'm glad you brought up King of the Hammers because, you know, I've been yeah. following your, your Instagram and the podcast and everything. And you've got some oh, great thanks. pictures and videos that came out from there. And it looks like you had an absolute blast. Now, I don't have you been to the King of the Hammers before? Was this your first year? This was our first year uh, going. And oh, my gosh, it was so spectacular. I mean, they estimated some 50,000 spectators out there in Johnson oh, Valley. Yeah. I mean, easily. That's just easily. That's just a yeah. little bit smaller than my hometown here in, in Redmond, Washington. <laughs> and yeah, no, Johnson this Valley whole city just being picked up and plopped in the middle of the desert. You know, well, they no call it Hammertown. Well, right. Everybody has to bring their own water, their own porta potties, however it is that they're yeah. going to get rid of their waste. Um, and, uh, you know, there, there's a thing called hammer town. And so they try to have some services in there, but it's mostly just outhouses and, and, or sorry, not outhouses, but porta potties. And, uh, and then race day is, is three days of racing with different classes of vehicles. And each and every day was just spectacular. Um, on top of the races, you know, they have vendor booths all set up and I got amazing interviews with people. You know, my favorite ones, you know, with, with Jeep, right? Like I got, I got, uh, uh, Scott Brown, media relations with FCA. Uh, I got him for a 20 minute interview and it was wow. just wow. a great That's chat a with great him. Get. We talked all about the history of Jeep and the growth and the boom of the JKs and then all the cool things that's happening in the JLs. And, and, you know, folks, you got to tune in. I'm going to, we're going to be playing this interview really soon, uh, on our podcast because the last few minutes of it, I kind of get into him a little bit and give him a hard time. And it was really fun. He played along oh, great. And, tough. uh, and so it's it's a really funny interview. So he did fantastic. I just loved it. And you know, I, I talked with, with with Tony at at Dynatrack, and it was it was just oh I'm sorry, I mean at Genrite. Um and the Gen the Genrite interview was just fantastic. Dynatrack, Warren, RCV, PSC, I mean, all the big names were there. And I got gotcha. you know, sixteen different interviews with with folks and uh it was just so much fun. 
so much fun. Are you guys writing it, these names it, down? So, so we, that's a good list of uh, guests. Hey, hey, don't steal my interviews. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> well, let, let me ask you, Gary, this is your first year there. You know, have you been to any other large Jeep events like the Easter Jeep Safari or, or oh, like any sure, other yeah. sanctioned, you know, competition type of events or anything like that? No, yeah, we've been to Easter Jeep Safari a, a number of years. Uh, the last five or six years, we've been down to Moab um, around Easter every every year. Uh, and I say around Easter because I think like the first three or four years we did it during EJS, maybe the first three years we did it during EJS. And then we started kind of spreading out a little bit and saying, well, EJS is super crowded. Why don't we try to go like the last two days of EJS and then the whole week after, after everybody has left and kind of have the trails all to ourselves. Um, and, uh, you know, that, that worked out nicely. And I think last year we actually went like two weeks after EJS and that was even better because like the trails were just hours alone. Um, and it was, it was, a, it was a ton of fun and way, way to get, you know, all the trail time that you want. Uh, other big events we did, um, shoot, what's that called? Sierra, Sierra something, uh, which is on the Fordyce trail, um, Ford, uh, Fordyce Creek. Um, oh gosh, why am I forgetting it now? Sierra... It's a little nerve-wracking when you're trying to talk and uh, think at the same time. Uh, I <laughs> and try to remember things at the same time. I try not to do that. So let well, me circle. Right. I was, let me circle you back. Excuse me. Let me circle sure. you back to the uh, to the your, to your podcast. Now uh, we've got a couple of clips that you provided us uh, that I want to sure. get in here on the interview. Um, yeah, so uh, this first clip, uh, what are we going to hear? Uh, I, I because I gave you two. I'm not sure which one is the first. Is it the shorter one or the longer one? Uh, the short one. Okay, so the shorter one is uh, just a short little clip of of Gary, Gary and I just again giving each other a little bit of a hard time. He kind of he kind of said something funny, and I gave him a little bit of a hard time about it. And uh, um, yeah, so so you can play it. All right. Well, speaking of King of the Hammers and bonus yeah. content in our events section, King of the I did get it this time, <laughs> the Hammers. Hey, it's uh, this uh, coming weekend, actually. It is going to be three days. It would have started three days prior to the airing of this show. So people, as they're getting this show, should be already starting to have some Patreon stuff show up. So there you go. It's a time warp, right? How in the heck did Henderson say this? And then three days later, you know, time started. It's kind of weird. Wait, is is it weird, though, Gary? I mean... I don't know. We're just recording this ahead of us leaving. <laughs> what? What is yeah, so special not, about this? But they're not going to hear it until after you did. <laughs> so there you go. Okay. Now, all right. I, I'm I think, sorry. I think I, I, I maybe have a I'm feeling just, people might understand the concept of time. <laughs> maybe more than me. <laughs> <laughs> you know, it is it is hard to keep things straight on the podcast. Uh, I mean, yeah. No matter so, if you tell tell everybody, we, it's, both, we both do this. He catches me in in funny flubs, and uh, and then when I catch him, I, I I tend to give him a harder time. So uh, it's it's all in good fun. I I love Gary. He. He's been a he is a great friend of mine, and uh, and we I feel very lucky too. that we've been able to do this podcast together. Yeah, uh, it's it's a lot of fun doing the podcast, and it sounds like you guys have fun doing it too, and which I think is very important uh, for the audience. If the if the the hosts aren't having fun, uh, the audience probably isn't either. So, are you yeah, guys in the yeah. same room when you do your podcast? Are you guys together? Or are you doing it like we are? I would say 90, 90 plus percent of the time we are in the same room. Um, I've kind of built up a, one of my rooms is a little bit of a, of a studio. Um, it's no, by no means anything spectacular. Um, and so because of that, we, we do tend to try to do it on the same place. Sometimes we end up with scheduling issues where 
you know, we're just too busy on the time that we'd like to do it. And so we're trying to fit it in some other way. And, you know, we'll, we'll do a Skype connect call between the two of us in order to rip one out and, and, uh, and get it done. But, uh, 99% of the time we're in the same room together. So who's responsible for snacks? <laughs> uh, well, it's it's at my house most of the time, so I'm the See, one usually serving the... Uh, that's not we, right. We, we usually just have water. You know, like if we put food in our mouth, <laughs> then we're going to be smacking our lips a lot, and uh, that, that doesn't come across as good pod. Come on, you guys know that. This is a great opportunity to give uh, the other Gary a hard time about how he never brings pizza when he's going to say it does, or he doesn't bring the beer. <laughs> I always have to provide it. So uh, <laughs> we've, we've got one more clip. Uh, let's, uh, let's get into that one, uh, and what's the setup on this one, Gary? So a quick setup on this one is uh, we do we do have a bit that we do every week, which we call Jeep of the Week. Um, and uh, <laughs> it's, it's a little bit of background is that it's, it's funny because I'm the one who typically does all the work about finding the Jeep of the of Week. Course. Finding Jeep of the Week is simply just, you know, I'm roaming around town and I find a Jeep that I leave a JeepCast card on. And uh, then I'll call out that Jeep as Jeep of the Week and we send them some swag when they get a hold of us. And uh, And it's a funny joke because... Gary almost never leaves a card on somebody's Jeep. Like to get him to do a little bit of work on on the podcast Uh-oh. is uh, is a little bit of twist in the arm. But but we do have you know a bunch of buddies that help us out as well that drop off cards and we hear from them. And so this one's kind of funny because you know while I can't get Gary to drop off a card, you know he managed to get somebody else to drop off a card for him. <laughs> See, I'm seeing a pattern here. Doesn't bring snacks to the the show and won't, won't put <laughs> cards on Jeeps. That's what time right. is it, Gary? Yep. Gosh, I don't know. Let me check my watch. It's a little, it's a little late. It's time I think. o'clock. Oh, Jeep of the week. Yeah. yeah. Jeep of the week. Yeah. Oh yeah. Oh yeah, that's right. Well, what do we have today, Gary? Well, James has been out working again. Yeah, I've been delegating well, don't you think? <laughs> <laughs> uh, and uh, James found a four-door gray. Uh, uh, JKU with uh, well, I guess four door. Well, it could be a non, uh, could be a non Wrangler for that matter. But this is a four door JKU gray with uh, factory half doors at Evergreen Hospital in Kirkland, Washington. Nice. Uh, and it had you know the factory uppers and the whole love nine yards. the factory All soft, half doors, out. man. Yeah, they were cool looking. <sighs> so awesome. Yeah, and it was sitting on a lift. Uh, I'm not sure, maybe a few inch lift. Yeah, oh, very yeah. nice. Yeah, it was built up some. Yeah, so Gary, I guess uh, if it's uh, if it's your Jeep. It's not your Jeep, but <laughs> hey, Miss, hey, gray Jeep person, did you get something from us? If so, send it to nwjeepcast at gmail.com and we're going to get some swag out to you. Absolutely. <laughs> Gary, that, that was a pretty good job. I think, I think that might, might be of the first times you've wrapped up that segment. I, and, uh, I, got, I got stuck in the a, middle of it. A little bit of flubbing, but, <laughs> I flub. but pretty close. Pretty close, man. I'm not a pro. I'll have to delegate that a little more often. <laughs> You may come to regret it. You might be a good delegator, but I'm a master delegator. <laughs> Damn, I got delegated. Ugh. I was hoping to get out of that. All right, buddy. I'm such a slacker, man. <laughs> no, you did all right. Um, but, you know, next time maybe leave it to the professionals. Uh, <laughs> I'll, try. I'll try. All right, man. Oh, hey, Tell us man. About I, I love, oh, yeah. I love Garrett. <laughs> I am McFlubbin. So, uh, I, you know, I just got to say, Gary, and I still, yeah. I, I'm really glad you guys didn't change in the middle of the show because that would have uh, just irritated me. You know, if you, if the other Gary had been ready to switch over to the mic and uh, just slide in and keep talking, 
Uh, <laughs> <laughs> that would have been funny. Yeah, I, I, unfortunately, <laughs> we should have planned that. Oh, I know. Man, I unfortunately, don't know why I didn't we did, I all of a sudden change a voice on you guys. Yeah, I think about this stuff uh, on on the fly, so to speak. But uh, right. hey, great interview, and man, you do you. you did a really good job conveying your information. And, and I don't know if you've considered or not, but you might want to start a podcast. You got a good voice for it, and uh, uh, you, well, can, I have, you can fill I the air. Face for radio. Oh, so, I do too. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> it's, it's right up my alley. So uh, speaking of the podcast, where can people yeah. find uh, maybe you and uh, the show uh, in the social media? Yeah. So Northwest Jeepcast, I mean, search ev- any podcast app out there. All of them were available everywhere. Um, search for Northwest Jeepcast. Subscribe. We love our listeners. Um, and uh, uh, on social media, it's NW Jeepcast everywhere. So Facebook, Instagram, Twitter, all those, all those fun places. Um, but, uh, yeah, NW Jeepcast and, and, uh, Northwest Jeepcast, uh, in your podcast app. And we would love to have, uh, you know, some of your listeners, if they have a little bit of extra time and they want to add a podcast, uh, to their list, cause of course we want them still listening to you guys as well, um, is, uh, is give us a listen and, uh, and we'd love to, we'd love to hear from you guys. We, we have great interaction with our listeners. They send us emails, um, tell us about the builds that they're working on and we give them feedback, uh, talk about on the show. Everything that we get in the show, we reinvest back into it. Uh, so we try to do, you know, prizes and giveaways as often as we can. Um, and uh, and then, like, we wheel our Jeeps and we wheel big stuff and we talk about all the big trails. I mean, when I was down in in uh, King of the Hammers, I was, you know, able to go do the biggest runs out there, you know, Revolution and Chocolate Thunder and Latino oh, wow. Wash, Turkey Claw, Outer Limits. Outer Limits may have been of the toughest trails uh, that I've been on, let alone at, at King of the Hammers, uh, or in the Hammers, you know, uh, Johnson Valley area. Uh, but we do all the big trails we, we, and we travel all over the place. I mean, we've done all the, most of the big NorCal trails. Well, certainly all the big NorCal trails. Um, we get down into Oregon and into, into your neck of the woods a ton. Uh, Josh with, uh, uh, Tillamook, um, is, is such a great, a great place. Have, how what was the last time you've been out to Tillamook, Josh? It's been a couple of years. My Jeep's been okay. going through a bit of a of a massive rebuild, and uh, but yeah, those are my those are my uh, those are my stopping grounds up there. I, yeah, I, I well, we got to get you back State out there Forest. again, man. We'd, I'd love to win with you there. You're you're not too far from us. Uh, and of course, like I said, we we get out to Moab a bunch of times. Uh, we got a big trip planned to Colorado to do all the big trails out there, like Carnage Canyon. I can't wait. Cross my fingers, it's not too bad of Carnage, but we're probably going to have some Carnage. So you'll uh, you'll hear all about that. Well, you mentioned uh, Fordyce, which I know yeah. it has a reputation for carnage. Um, you know, that's that's actually been uh, been one one of my bucket list runs, if you will. Um, yeah. But of uh, of course, there there's a ton of others out here in the Northwest as well. Did you guys ever get out to out to Natchez, or I mean, that's just a hop, oh, skip, yeah. and a jump from you? I would imagine. No, I, I, oh man, we we're at Natchez every every year, right? I mean, like mul- multiple times a season, uh, we're out at Natchez. Like the you know, there's a uh, there's some rocks to do some rock crawling out there called funny rocks and moon rocks. Yeah. And, uh, and you know, that's, that's kind of what I named, you know, our, our, our company after, right? Like they, these are all, you know, funny moon productions is the, is the company name behind oh, okay. the, the Jeep cast and, uh, is named after those, those rocks. Cause we're, we're there as often as we can. And, you know, not only doing all the common lines, but trying to find new lines and that, you know, no other normal Jeep can kind of do so. Well, we are going to have yeah, to sit around we're the kind of a little insane. Like Gary, Gary, this last season, Gary flopped his Jeep at at at, uh, oh. at Funny Rocks. 
So we're yeah, we're, I've got I've got a couple of those big. stories too. In fact, uh, yeah, the last time I was up there, I ended up having to roll a guy back over. Uh, but that was, wow. that's yeah. a whole other story. <laughs> yeah, we could definitely sit around the campfire and and uh, compare wheeling stories at, at some places we both have been before. So that's that's, oh, that's yeah, great. That'd be so awesome. so Gary, if you do go wheeling yeah. with Josh, uh, please do me a favor. Uh, pack an extra pillow because Josh always forgets to take his pillows with him. <laughs> yeah, All right. last, I don't think I know two, the backstory on that, but I'll take your word for it. And I will have a pillow for him. Uh, he, was, <laughs> okay. he was complaining. He said, I never forgot my pillow. Oh, it sucks. My, my question is, do, do you not have a, a job? I know. <laughs> Like, <laughs> he's in, independently wealthy. He, he wants and buying these axles and stuff. It's that's a lot and of well, money you're you're dropping on not, the, on the Jeep. Not just that, but just all the time that you spend well, wheeling. Yeah. I mean, well, um, it, it it's it's a lifestyle, and uh, and we love we love doing it. But I mean, the only way that we could put this put the time and money into our Jeeps is the fact that we do have jobs. Um, so yeah, we, we have to have some money coming in cause we're not making <laughs> oh, money off the Jeep cast. That's for sure. <laughs> oh, that's, um, that's sure is yeah. the case. <laughs> does your, fam- does but, your family uh, no, go we just, wheeling we love with it. you? It's a, it's a labor of love. Uh, we love working on our Jeeps. We love wheeling them. Um, it's just, it's the price you got to pay for the happiness that you get out of it. And, and then we love sharing it with people and hoping that we save them a little bit of money. That's all. Now, does your family go with you when you wheel? Occasionally. Um, not, not. So often, uh, you know, we have we have different styles and different hobbies and things like that. So, uh, but my youngest, I have a, I have a six year old little girl. She likes to come and and uh, now I have a, a little six month pu- puppy. Uh, Luke is my is my chocolate lab, and he loves it in the Jeep. Oh man, uh, you know, as soon as I started up, he's like jump trying to jump in and everything. So uh, yeah, he he he's out there on the trail with me. Uh, there's a bunch of pics of him on Instagram and stuff in the snow, and he was he's. Turned into our little, our you know, our, our little Jeep club up here, the 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 dog of our Jeep club. So it's it's uh it's been fun. You got an official mascot now. Yeah, it's a mascot. Right. He's a mascot. <laughs> that's right. <laughs> All right. Well, uh, Gary, I sure appreciate you being here on the show. Uh, great interview, and uh, we'll have Thank to you. have you guys. Uh, uh, or actually, I I think we have to have the other Gary on and see if I can't start a war between you two. I'm gonna say Gary. Oh, Gary said. Now this wasn't on the recording, oh, but Gary said this about you. So. <laughs> <laughs> Yeah, and, and as far as, uh, there, well, there's two things. Uh, you said that you love your listeners. Uh, we love our listeners more. And uh, the other thing, <laughs> <laughs> and the other thing is you mentioned about listening to this the show. and beg to differ. <laughs> yeah, I, <laughs> we listen, uh, yeah, you mentioned listening to your show and our show. Hey, there's many days in the week, uh, so there's plenty of time to, to listen to both the Northwest, uh, Northwest Jeepcast and the Jeep Talk Show. So uh, just, uh, you know, pick your day. Uh, that's a great thing about podcasting. It's on demand. So, Gary, yep. again, thank you very much, and uh, have a great night. I thank will. you, Gary. Thank you guys so much, and uh, look forward to talking to you again soon. A big thanks again goes out to Gary from the Northwest Jeepcast for taking the time to talk about his own Jeep podcast, the Northwest Jeepcast, and, of course, for, well, just general BSing with us. Gary, thank you so much. <laughs> Yeah, I had a great time. And again, I I seriously do thank all thank you for all the work that you guys have done for all these years since 2010, setting up, you know, the entire Jeep community with uh, great online internet and radio content. Well, are you it, calling us old? Yeah, I was going to say <laughs> in our day when you <laughs> podcasted, you had to podcast uphill both well, I hear, ways. I hear you guys were had a show way back on AOL, is that right? <laughs> oh, he knows about that. But bum. <laughs> Actually, Gary, what you should do is go and listen to a uh, another podcast that Josh and I did called the uh, Tony and Josh Show. 
that was really messed up. <laughs> wow. No, there was I'll, some I'll dark have to episodes. That, but I have a feeling that's that's in the the way nether regions of the internet by now. <laughs> yes. Deep anals. <laughs> Annals, I think is what they say. <laughs> well, hey guys, do you have an idea for a guest? Maybe you want to be a guest on the Jeep Talk Show yourself. Well, just go to jeeptalkshow.com slash contact and share your idea for our next great guest. We really want to hear from you. From the mind of Nikki G. Hey, this is Nikki G. And uh, I'd like to give a big thanks to Steve for his... Uh, Talk about ball joints and stuff last week. Oh, no. Uh, I'm one of those guys that my driver's side sway bar link is really close to my spring, my coil spring. And whenever I go over a speed bump wrong or something, it, it rings it like a bell. And I never could figure out why until now. Thank you. I thought my Jeep was bent or something. But anyhow, and uh, Tammy, you're talking about sleeving your axle. Uh, don't do it. Summer's coming up. Perfect time to go sleeveless. I'd like to leave you guys with a joke that I told last <laughs> week in a restaurant. A waitress come running out. Says, does anybody know CPR? And I stood up. And I go, I do. And I know the rest of the alphabet. And everybody laughed and laughed. Well, uh-huh. except for this one guy. He just kind of laid there and looked blue. <laughs> All right, boys and girls, I will uh, chat at you later. And uh, you, you have are a good one. Bye. <laughs> you are talking about the nonsensical ravings of a lunatic mind. Oh yes, you are. And you're laughing at it, Tony. And, and now, <laughs> and now, sponsored by Reynolds Aluminum. <laughs> I I don't know if this is technically a product review, but I thought I would talk about it anyway. Um, since I was talking about modifications to your Jeep and the top five modifications you should make for when you go off-roading, um, talking about like a stock Jeep Wrangler. And my number five item was to get rid of that air dam. And I got to thinking, um, you know, when you take something apart and then you put it back together, there's always a part or those parts that are left over. You don't know what to do with them. And when I replaced my front bumper, I had this extra part I didn't know what to do with. And it's this plastic shield called the air dam. And at the time when I did this, because my bumper was one of the first modifications I made to my Jeep, I had no idea what it was or what it was for. And I'm still not 100% what it's really for. And I did some internet research and... You know, when you do a product review, you're supposed to know what the product is and what it's for. So really, before I could do a review on this, we need to find out what it was for. And so some people say that the air dam is supposed to stop water from getting into your engine, some water. And my question is, what about the other water? Is this other water going to hurt your engine, but not the some water? So that kind of confused me a little. They also said the air dam is supposed to provide additional cooling to your engine. It could also help um, if you remove it, it's going to create hood flutter. And is hood flutter the same as death wobble? Because mine has been removed and I never have had either of these, knock on wood. Um, They also said the air dam is going to lower your miles per gallon by one or two points. I don't think that really matters at this point because my miles per gallon are pretty low, about 13 for me. 
Um, the air dam is also, they also say it's supposed to protect your engine from debris flying into it. And then on a Jeep forum, um, I read, and so it must be true if it was on a Jeep forum, that a Wrangler engineer says the air dam does two things. It reduces air drag and provides engine cooling. So my best guess is since they named it an air dam, it has something to do with aerodynamics. Otherwise, wouldn't they call it like a rock deflector or a water dam if it prevented those other things? And I, in my review, I would, will, would say that um, I haven't missed this plastic shield. So if you're thinking of replacing your front bumper, I wouldn't worry too much about this plastic air dam. You know, just, you know, I don't know what you would do with it besides recycle it, maybe use it as a sled. So if any of you out there have gotten a new bumper and you didn't put the air dam back on, what did you do with your air dam? And can you tell us if it's made a difference? Has your jeeping experience been better or worse? You can share your story with us by heading over to the jeeptalkshow.com contact page and you can find out the many ways where you can share your story. So I have always heard that it is to force air through the radiator instead of it, uh, the air uh, you know, getting away from that flat end front of the Jeep and diving under. Because you know when you lift it, now the air has... Uh, there's less air resistance because the Jeep is higher above the ground. See, it's, what's interesting is I, I don't know of a single aftermarket bumper that will let you reattach the air dam to no. it. So once once you get into aftermarket stuff, you're pretty much out of that whole space anyway. Um, you know, I, I, I love I love Tammy how you talked about you know the miles per gallon, uh, a right. slight impact of that. I think we all know now that if you're working on your Jeep and you're upgrading it, you care a lot more about smiles per gallon than you care about miles per gallon. Yeah. Oh, that'd well be said. totally. Yeah, that'd make a good meme. Uh, so the hood flutter thing, the uh, the hood flutter, I guarantee you there is a correlation between hood flutter and death wobble because when you have death wobble, <laughs> the hood's gonna flutter. <laughs> no, they, are, they are two totally no, different don't, things. Don't leave people down that path. <laughs> they, they are. They, they may are. not know you're joking. <laughs> no, I'm always so, joking. Yeah, the hood flutter thing, Tammy. That, I mean, that's that's just because of you know Jeep uses those rubber bushings as the as the connection, right? That little rubber strap. And so it, when you get up to 70, 80 miles an hour on the freeway, uh, you know, t- Tony and Josh, you guys don't know much about this in your XJs, but you know, us JKs, oh, no, we can still yeah. go that fast. In fact, no, this, has been, um, this has been a problem since the CJs uh, and TJs, really. Um, you, you have a, a, you're rolling a brick down the freeway, and you, if you can manage to get your Jeep up past 55 miles per hour, you start creating a lot of air pressure coming through that radiator into the engine compartment. And this is right. one of the things they actually corrected on the new JL by putting in those vents oh, just after the, after the wheel wells. You can't and say so correct. And so this actually takes some of that air pressure that's inside the engine compartment and gives it a place to to exit out of. Otherwise, yeah, it's the it just and kind of, the improved latches as well. They they don't have the right. rubber strap tile style. Oh latches no, the on new the new the new, na- the new latches are great, uh, very well yeah. engineered. And in fact, uh, they actually have a feature in them uh, where they can hold your winch ca- uh, winch controller cable uh, right in a nice little protected channel right there. So it's uh, there's a little Easter egg for you guys. Well, and I've seen that they have aftermarket latches that you can. And I always thought, why would oh, you yeah. need There's that? Some, and so some it makes sense. Some aluminum ones oh, that are just dude. absolutely gorgeous. No chrome. And I could, Nothing I could shiny. Pa- I could paint mine purple. Anodized. Yeah, anodized would be nice. Um, yeah, so uh, 
I was really going to get upset uh, a little behind the scenes here. I'm reading in uh, Tammy's show notes where she says she's at uh, 16 or 15 miles per gallon. I was going to scream, I hate you. Oh, no. Because <laughs> 13, I get excited when I because I check my, yeah. my gas mileage every fill up. And I was like, oh, 12.97. Oh, yeah. my God. <laughs> I was going to say, I think I was hovering right around 11 before I started the rebuild. Well, Tony, you, those were notes from um, before I lifted my Jeep. Ah. So I just cut and pasted. So my, um, I have gone down since I've lifted and gotten bigger tires at least three miles per gallon. It's wonderful, though, isn't it? Uh, just and, I don't care. Yeah, yeah. So it's uh, it's great. At least not yet. Hey, folks, do you have an idea for a product review? Just visit our contact page at jeeptalkshow.com and let us know what you'd like to hear our next product review to be. And I'm going to I'm excited to announce I was the winner of a chicken dinner. contest on yeah, winner winner chicken dinner, a contest on um, Instagram and I won some Jeep products and you're going to have to wait to find out what they were. I'm going to hopefully they'll get arrive in the mail on Saturday and I'll install them and I'll let you guys know what I think. And I will predict in the, in the next upcoming three episodes of the Jeep Talk Show, Tammy will be complaining about how she has not received her right. winnings yet and how she's contacting uh, local authorities. <laughs> I always worry about those Instagram things, you know, uh, it, it's, it's from some big manufacturer. Hey, folks, coming up in a few minutes, we'll tell you about some wheeling wear events. All right, I'm going to do a little Cherokee love here, which, uh, again, is going to be, uh, generally speaking, about uh, Cherokees and, and more uh, about Jeeps in general. And uh, it's just going to kind of be a little uh, a little talk here. And, uh, Gary, you can jump in. Uh, feel, sure. feel free to jump in on this, uh, mainly because I was too lazy to write anything. So let me, let me ask you guys, have you ever gone and requested a build sheet from Jeep on your Jeep? I, yeah, I have mine. I just found I, it today. I was gonna say I didn't I didn't have to. Uh, the, oh, I'm like the second owner of my Jeep, and and it yeah, I, it had I've the window the sticker. sticker still in it from the original <laughs> owners, and on the back of that is the build sheet. So I I kind of got a copy of the original. I, I did not know that the build sheet was on the back of the uh, the sticker. I mean, do you still maybe have it, your window sticker? No. Because I know you purchased your Cherokee brand spanking new off the showroom floor. I was just gonna say if I had, uh, I didn't think anything about keeping that. I, actually, when we got it, we went up there for a Wrangler for a TJ, and got the the Cherokee instead. And uh, Tammy's holding up her uh, her uh, sticker up there to the, the camera, which you guys can't see. Um, but uh, I did not know it was on the back like that. But I, I bought my Jeep 20 years ago, Josh. Maybe it was on there, and I've just forgotten. True, true. And then, you know, that's, that's you know, the, probably the first thing you do is you tear that sticker off so that you can see out the window when you drive. And, you know, that just goes right into the trash. So, yeah, that's probably not something that you saved anyways. So yeah, um, I'm I'm original owner on my JK as well, and uh, so I, I've I've not had to request a build sheet, but I'm I'm not sure it would tell me much. I mean, there's not much of the original Jeep still on it anymore. <laughs> no, but it's kind of fun to know. You can say, oh, I didn't know it had that, and uh, oh, cloth seats, yeah, I, I knew that. But it basically, what you guys, if you don't know what a build sheet is, it tells you how your Jeep was built. It's not From a recipe. Yeah, yeah, it's not a recipe. It's not, you know, stir once and uh, put in the oven for 350 degrees. It tells you all the uh, the codes. Uh, like I said, cloth seats, uh, paint color. What, what, else, what else is on there, Josh? Well, pretty much anything and everything as far as trim package or any other dealer add-on items or something that was added special from the factory. Uh, and, and pretty much, I mean, if you're like the third, fourth, fifth owner of your Jeep, 
and you'd like to know, hey, what was this thing originally equipped with? Maybe right. it's got you know a bunch of mods done, and, and you just kind of like to know the history of your own Jeep, kind of where it came from, what it was like when it was brand new, what it was like when it was stock. You can get all of that information from a link that we're actually going to be posting on our website. Yeah, and that's the great thing is back whenever I got the uh, my first build sheet uh, for my uh, 1998 Jeep Cherokee, uh, I had to send an email in to, uh, to Jeep and uh, request it and then wait for the email to come back. Uh, now you can go straight onto a website, put in your VIN number, and then boom, it's right there on your screen. And then they actually allow you to save it as a PDF or print it as a PDF document. So Instant gratification. Oh, yes. my God, this is awesome. The MTV, the MTV generation is now. What's cool is, and I think I still, I think this build, I have my build sheet here, but I think this is for my Sahara because um, it was printed on October 24. 4th 2014 but what's cool is it will say like the rmc remote compass module and it will give you a part number so oh, that's if, nice so if you have to replace actually this is i think this is for my rubicon so if you have to replace something it will it has heated seat control module there we go and that's the, the rubicon. part number yeah it's the rubicon um so I think that's what's cool if you need to replace a part. It's you you know it's handy where you can just, you know, look up the part number. So anyway, if you guys want to get a build sheet on uh, on your Jeep and even if you have the the sticker like uh Josh has on his 19-year-old vehicle, uh you might still want to go over there and look this up and see how it correlates. So uh again, we'll have that uh, link to uh the Jeep link on our in our show notes at jeeptalkshow.com. And if you have this sticker, you get all sad because you see how much you spent. Hey, uh, wait a minute. Who's this new guy? Uh, we <laughs> love new guys. <laughs> I've got an extra seat around the campfire this week. There's always an open seat here uh, at the Jeep Talk Show around the campfire. It sure is nice and toasty right here. Yes, it is. Yeah, is it uh, is it warming up, cooling off where you guys are? We're actually in those weird days where it goes up to uh, seventy two degrees, and then you know, and a week later, it's back down to the the forties or so. That's yeah, it's funny. I we, got to we go actually, topless today. We were uh, we were in the I think broaching sixty. I think we we might have hit sixty degrees or something the other day, uh, and then it snowed yesterday. So it was yeah. I guess that's about the same for you, isn't it, Gary? Uh, yeah, it seems, it seems like I've only been back now for a couple of days and it's been uh, a little bit cold, a little bit rainy, uh, but I, I'm still getting myself reacclimated after being down in the dry Johnson Valley and, and relatively warm. I mean, it was a nice 70 plus, you know, most of the time oh. that I was down there and everybody said that was very abnormal for the King of the Hammers trip. Oh, wow. Well, that was your first time there. So I guess it, uh, that was typical, uh, you just figured it was like that all the time. Yeah, I did. I mean, I, I you know I looked I looked on weather apps before going down there. I'm like, ooh, look at that! It's shorts weather, and uh, um, and so yeah, it was pretty fantastic to. Uh, but except, I mean, it was just super dusty, and of course, but uh, it was nice. So uh, Gary, this this time in the show, we we oftentimes will talk a little bit about what we have planned for our jeeps or or what we're currently doing with our jeep. Now I know that you take yours on some pretty pretty substantial trails, some of the world renowned trail systems, in fact, which have probably some of the hardest terrain to navigate um, that right. Jeeps have ever seen. Yours is very well uh, equipped and whatnot. Do you have anything on your short list as far as what's coming up next? 
Well, uh, yeah. Uh, so, I mean, I, I did a little bit of damage while I was down in Johnson Valley. I, was, I went up uh, Outer Limits, which is one of their toughest trails. Uh, took some pretty good blows to my uh, Adams 1350 driveline, uh, which is really super built. Uh, yeah. It's pretty good scratched up. I think it's not unbalanced, though, because I was uh, driving on the freeway and it was just humming along. So I didn't feel any vibration coming out of it, but I, I definitely need to get under there maybe take it out and inspect it, make sure that everything is good because I was grinding on it pretty good. Uh, I took a good rock in my B-pillar and it uh, tore up oh. my, my half doors a little bit, so I need to get those off. And uh, Well, they're off already, but I need to replace the hinges for it. Uh, one of the hinges bent uh, as I was dragging it on this rock, so I probably need to take that hinge off and like heat it up and try to bang it back to straight again so that way my door will close properly. Um, I have kind of my seats completely you know? out right now, and I was thinking, I wonder if I should just go ahead and put race seats in it. Uh, and then I I did an interview with uh, uh, Advanced Adapters, and they really turned me on to a <laughs> Ruby Crawler. Now, the Ruby Crawler is only available for the 42 RLE transmission, uh, mm -hmm. so it's your early uh, uh, Wranglers, early JKs, sorry. Um, and... Uh, and so that's that will help me get you know a lower transfer case, lower gearing where I can hit the bigger obstacles with more torque. Well, not only that, it's going to uh, increase the strength of your of your transfer case as well. I think that kit gets you, gets you an extra set of planetary gears in there that really helps double up the strength on that output shaft. It does. Yeah, there are some really neat features about that, and I was kind of on the fence whether I wanted to go a full Atlas Four or if I wanted to do the Ruby Crawler. Uh, and you know, there's pros and cons of both, but. I, I might I might try to swing myself just the uh, just the Ruby crawler. Yeah, it's a nice kit. Hear a lot of good things about that. I myself am uh, well a little bit uh, flush with anger, in fact, because uh, I've got two yellow top Optima batteries sitting on my workbench right now that are both toast. Uh, I, one of them. Can one I of back you has, up real quick, Josh? Yeah, please. Have we actually told people about the results of your first start? I don't think we did that last episode. I think we skipped. Oh no, we skipped. Yeah, we skipped. Uh, we skipped campfireside chat last episode. Yeah, so, so bring people, people up don't to date. know. Yeah. Well, guys, you're you're gonna have to go check out the the YouTube channel for the Jeep Talk Show. Go over to Jeep Talk YouTube dot com slash Jeep Talk Show, and uh, you can see the uh, the video that I created there uh, that pretty much well it showcases the whole starting for the first time in nearly two years. Uh, the Jeep has started, so um, we, uh, I documented that experience, and and you guys can see for yourself um, every step along the way how that whole uh, firing it up for the first time all went and everything like that. But and, uh, and if you're a first time listener, basically what happened, Josh was on his way back from a, an event. Uh, the Jeep uh, 4.0 overheated on him, and uh, he he managed to get it home, but it was dead. Uh, he yeah. had to pull the head off, have the head reworked, uh, replace some uh, additional parts in there. It's almost, it's always that. Well, since I'm here, let me just do yeah. this one while more you're thing. in there. Yeah. So exactly. two years later, he's got it all back together, and a lot of that had to do uh, with uh, funds being having funds available. Uh, an illness uh, uh, took took his tax return that he was going to put towards his Jeep, and uh, we actually uh, uh, told people about a GoFundMe uh, page that Josh had set up. And you guys, you the listeners, actually came through and helped Josh get to the That's point right. where he could get this thing back going again. So this has been a long, long trail uh, that really Josh has. has finally got got to. And uh, go ahead and talk about the batteries, but I'll just tell you, in the big scheme of things, 
I think this is like, uh, you know, what do you call it? The first world problems? Uh, <laughs> yeah, exactly. No, no, really. I, and I couldn't be at the point where I'm at right now if it weren't for our listeners. And so, I, you know, I take the moment to thank you guys out there who helped me out. And I really couldn't have done this without you. Um, right now, the 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 engines is is tight and dialed in for the most part. Um, I'm in a break-in procedure right now currently. Um, but uh, it, getting it there was very interesting because uh, I, I have these two yellow Optima, uh, yellow top Optimas, and uh, you know I'd been had had them on the charges off and on, uh, and one of them uh, just would not take a charge, and uh, and I tried everything to bring it back, uh, bring it back from the dead, and come to find out, I've actually have one of the six cells is almost completely blown out on the bottom. Uh, there's like a, a good quarter inch ring around the bottom where the plastic is almost completely blown out. Uh, from where this one cell has a short in it or something. I don't know exactly what's going on with it internally, and I'm not going to take it apart to find out. Now, the other one, however, is in good condition, and it will take a, it will take a charge, but it gets to near meltdown temperatures doing it, mm -hmm. and that is a bad sign as well. So that's telling me something internal is also not good on that. Now, I do have an AGM charger. I'm, I'm charging the stuff right, so it's not like I don't know what I'm doing here. Uh, and I do know all the tips and tricks as to how to bring a dead battery back from the dead. You know, all that. Believe me, I've tried all this stuff. So uh, the the ultimate decision was, okay, uh, you know, if if this battery starts, I can hear sizzling noises coming out of it to, in order to get a charge on it. That's not a battery I want under my hood. Uh, and so the both the yellow tops came out. I uh, just got a lead acid in there for now, uh, just for the sake of, of getting this thing up and running, getting it, uh, you know, to the point of where I can get it broken back in, go through that procedure, and then move on to the next thing. And Gary, you may not be aware of this. Uh, Josh has a Honda that he uses for his daily driver. And uh, it, what is it, like a 2000? Oh, it's like a 97 or something, isn't it? 96. 96. The most stolen Honda on the planet. He's had it stolen three times out of his driveway. Yep. Do, do you just, you know, attach the keys to the to the window and say, you know, hey, please don't break the window. Here are the keys. I've got a little flashing <laughs> light uh, with a stick that just has the keys hanging from it. No, no, it's right. um, it, the, it, it was people have used a master key to break into it. They've pried the door open before. I mean, this thing has been it's been broken into three times and it's been stolen three times. So it's been violated wow. a total of six times. Uh, three yeah, of which I mean, were I out of my possession. Yeah, I mean, statistically, Hondas, specifically Honda Civics, are the most stolen and broken into vehicles just because, you know, the parts are so resellable. Yeah, oddly enough, uh, the Accord uh, that, that it is, it, it oh. hasn't been, they, they took the wheels and tires off of it I one time. It's actually Accords twice. Yeah. I, did, I did have the, uh, the wheels and tires stolen from it twice. But outside of that, you know, I mean, it's, it's got, what, a, almost a half a million miles on it? Uh, it's, uh, it's, tes Tesla's got you beat. But, yeah, but the cool right. thing is now with <laughs> now that you have your engine back together, it starts and you got a battery in it. If the Honda gets stolen, you can go out and look for it this time instead of waiting for the police to call you. Yeah, right. <laughs> well, so it's, what's interesting is actually this last weekend, uh, going through a few heat cycles and whatnot, getting uh, getting the engine warmed up and trying to figure out if I got any leaks and any, any sort of that stuff. And, and I was probably on my... 10th, 11th, 12th heat cycle or whatever. And uh, I was like, you know what? I, I, I got to take this thing for a drive. Oh, I can't believe you and, didn't. And, well, I, I don't have the grill on yet. There's no headlights or anything. I mean, oh. the whole front end is pretty much still off of this thing for the most part. The core yeah. support's in, you know, all, all that sort of stuff. But, um, but I, you know, it's, it's not road legal yet. I mean, besides the tags have been expired for, for a year because it's been sitting for two. 
And, you know, it's I, I can't legally, you know, drive it on. So I was like, all right, I'm just going to take it around the neighborhood. Yeah. I've got to get, you know, I got to get the tires rotated on this thing. I'm sure they have flat spots. But besides, I want to drive this thing. I love my Jeep. And so, you know, I pulled it out of the garage and very gingerly, oh, kind of close to the Honda. OK, get it out in the out in the road. And I start driving. And that's right as I turn the corner, it dawns on me. Oh, crap. You didn't hook back up your steering box. Uh, brace and it's just resting on top of your drag link there that's oh, probably not a good thing geez. let's go ahead and very gingerly pull this off to the side nice little three-point turn very gently and back into the driveway we go so it was like yeah and my pa horn was all hanging by the wire down there i was so anxious to get behind the wheel of my jeep again and just get out on the road that i overlooked something so simple and 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 you know just like hey you know might want to finish bolting things back together before you go and drive it so, yeah, but it was it was a lot of fun. I, you know, it was a nice little experience getting out there. And it was sunny, too. It was a beautiful weekend last weekend out here. And uh, and it was just all the more reason, you know, that much harder to, to not drive it. So you think you're going to be buttoned up this weekend on the, all the fi- final uh, parts and stuff? Uh, bolted no, um, because, right, I, the, the one major thing that's preventing me from driving this outside of the legalities is the transfer cases is, is, is leaking. This was a donor wow. transfer case that got thrown in there after I busted mine open on some rocks a few years ago. And, and this was sort of just, you know, as a placeholder until I could either rebuild um, mine or, or build up a Super 231 or, two, or 242, whichever direction I was going to go. Uh, and, and that just that just never happened. Some other things came up and, and sure. you know, medical issues and, Life, and then all, yeah. the, the, all the motor work and whatnot. So you know, this, this is one of those things where, okay, I've got to take care of this. It, I can't wheel it right now, and I probably shouldn't drive it very much with the leak. So I'm just going to take care of it. I've got to order up a rebuild kit. I'm going to uh, talk with Novak. And, uh, and, and talk with them. And I'm actually going to be uh, talking with them in person, over the phone anyways, uh, about some possible upgrades as well. See if they can't throw in uh, a, little, a few things for me to help uh, beef this thing up a little bit. So, um, yeah, that's, that's on the very near radar. And once that's done, this, this thing's going to be ready for the road and the trail. Well, you know, I, I've got the 242J as well. And uh, anything you find out uh, about that, if that's what you're going to build up, Anything you find out there uh, from Novak about building up the 242, uh, I, I definitely want to know. And, of course, we can share that with well, our listeners. I know there's a bunch of junkyard stuff that I could do. Um, and I, I, I may do some of that as well. Uh, but, you know, as far as new parts, chain, gear sets, you know, all that sort of stuff, whatever they can provide me uh, that they have access to, yes. all the better. I'd rather put in new parts than junkyard parts. Absolutely. So, Tammy, you're always talking about going topless. Uh, what's this thing about a new shirt that you're excited about? Oh, yeah. it's um, Actually, Nate suggested I get it um, when we were whaling, and it's the shirt says, I'm kind of a big deal. <laughs> hey, that's, so, that's my line. You need to, yeah, you need to know, start exactly. a lawsuit, Josh. <laughs> so I'm like, oh, I want that shirt. But um, speaking of Nate, um, Nate We never and speak I, of Nate. Yeah. <laughs> Nate he and I who were, goes without being named. Yes. We went wheeling, um, I think I mentioned this before, a couple weekends ago. We were at AOAA, and Nate was my spotter, and I was on a black trail, and we videotaped it from many different angles, um, but it was, it was kind of an intense trail for me because it's my first really big black trail, and I was afraid, you know... For damaging my jeep and anyway i think we have a little video here of the sound of 
Nate and my exchange. You're, you're confusing people. Video? What? Well, I, I can't see uh, this. We have an audio clip. Audio clip. So Tammy, if I if I understand this correctly, it wasn't just Nate spotting, and he, and he was different, doing a different kind of spotting as well as you. <laughs> Here, listen, and you'll see what I'm talking about. Oh my God! <laughs> Jesus! <laughs> I didn't say the F word. Not yet. Oh! Whoa, whoa, whoa. Hold on. Jeez. Cut it high. Cut it high. Do you like your sauce off? Cut it. Whoa, you go for like? it, Cut it back. As far as you can. Holy sh- Jesus. Oh. Are you sure? <laughs> Holy crap. Sure. Keep going. You're coming down. You're good. Are you sure? Yes, I'm sure. I feel like I'm going to roll. You're not going to roll. <laughs> Are you sure? I'm sure. Holy. Oh, my God. <laughs> and uh, and you can tell she was the show. There was like three or four laughings going oh on, yeah. different, different laughing voices there. That sounds like there's, all kinds of a great time. Yeah. There's there's video on my YouTube channels. Um, there's also another... A video of me going down this hill and I'm literally screaming because and you can see my wheels are not turning but the jeep is sliding down this hill um, I'm afraid of heights I'm afraid of being tippy um, and when you watch the videos you're like oh my god Tammy that is nothing it, it but never my, captures the you yeah, never can capture no. my son said something funny as I made him my oldest son as I made him watch the video he's like mom that's what $50,000 and a bunch of rednecks look like <laughs> Wow. <laughs> I'm like, thanks, Michael. Thank you very much. But we had uh, such a great time, and all the, the guys watching, uh, they just, they, you know, I like entertainment on the trails because that's my way of deal. I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to do it. I'm going to wheel. I'm going to make it through, and I know I am, but that's my way of dealing with the stress of. Oh, sure. You know, and you getting, have to. Uh, right. Tammy, remind your son that whenever he talks about rednecks, rednecks are the, the ones that built this country. Yeah. So. so he just likes giving me, giving me, making fun of me. That's what, you know, boys do to their moms. They pick yeah. on their moms. Uh, it doesn't change as we get older. Yes. So it was a good time. There's more funny videos of me screaming and yelling and swearing, of course, um, on my YouTube channel. If you want a, a good laugh. Now we're going to talk about some events that are coming up in your neck of the woods and around the nation. The 56th annual Tierra del Sol Desert Safari coming up March 2nd through the 4th, just outside of San Diego, California. Come out and experience the magic and splendor of Southern California's finest wheeling. This year will be another epic event with fantastic vendors on site and the best raffle on the planet. Literally over $150,000 in prizes. Guys, they're going to be doing it again. They want to give a big, and I want to give a big shout out actually to Jeremy Coffin, who sent us the details of this event. He was there last year, said it was a blast. And judging from what I've read on the web about this event, he's not mistaken. Also got the uh, Reno Off-Road and Motorsports Expo coming up March 16th through the 18th at the Reno Sparks Convention Center in Reno, Nevada. For more info on this event, head over to LocketShows.com. And it's the big one, everybody, the Easter Jeep Safari EJS coming up March 24th through the 31st, and of course, Moab, Utah. For more information on this, find out how you can get down there and what you're going to need to know, head over to rr4w.com. That's redrock4wheelers.com.
for all the information there. And of course, we'll have links to all these events in the show notes for this episode over at JeepTalkShow.com. Hey, do you know of an off-road event coming up? Well, shoot us an email with some details. Have you been to a Jeep event recently? We'd love to hear from you. Just go to our contact page at JeepTalkShow.com slash contact. Hey, coming up next week, Brian with Route 16. You'll have to think about that one. We'll sit down with the Jeep Talk Show for an interview you don't want to miss. And folks, if you want to follow me on my blog, head over to JeepMama.com. And if you need a voice for your product or business, check me out over at TheVoiceOfJosh.com. Hey, Gary, where can people find you? Hey, I'm at NWJeepCast.com is our website, and they can find us on every podcast app, Northwest JeepCast. That's it for this week, guys. Until next week, be sure to follow, friend, like, subscribe, and above all else, be sure to tell a friend about the one and only Jeep Talk Show. So no matter where you're wheeling, if you pack it in, pack it out, and don't wheel where you're not supposed to. Remember to always tread lightly. If you'd like to learn more about treading lightly, well, head over to www.treadlightly.org. The Jeep Talk Show is intended for off-road use only. Any misuse or abuse of the Jeep Talk Show is deliberately concentrating and inhaling its contents may be harmful or <laughs> fatal. Do not use the Jeep Talk Show in manners other than it was intended. Casting since 2010. I didn't say the F word.